What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Flipping It, the podcast all about reselling. On this week's episode, episode number 46, I'm going to be talking about Q4 stuff, um, certain things to do and what not to do. Uh, and then I also have some pretty cool articles uh, this week that I found. Um, so stay tuned for that and enjoy this week's episode. So to start off this week's episode, I want to talk about what to not do in Q4, and especially for Q4, because during this time of year, prices are on the rise. Everything is going up in price. There's more demand for everything, so raise your prices. So certain things you should not do in Q4 is tank listings. And I know people talk about this all the time. They're like, why are people tanking the listings? Why are people tanking the listings? Because they don't really know um, what to not do to tank the listing. So how to not tank a listing is just price your uh, item higher, especially if you have a product that's ranked like a super, super low ranked product. Like, for example, I was selling this product that has it was 500 rank in toys. So there's so many sales on a product that has 500 rank. That being said, I know I don't have to be the lowest possible price for a, a rank like that, because on Amazon, if you're not familiar uh, the buy box rotates. So people that are on the listing, you're going to share sales on the listing. So being that being said, you don't have to be the lowest price on the listing in order to get sales. You could be two or three or four bucks higher, sometimes even five or ten bucks higher, and you're still going to be getting sales on that listing. So what my point is, is if you see an item that has such a low rank like that, you don't have to be matching the lowest possible offer. That being said, other people are going to be tanking the price because they might not be aware of that, but don't you don't have to take it for yourself. So, for example, I had this product, 500 ranked toys. People were trying to sell it for like 12 bucks. The the cost of the item was around it was 4 to 6 depending on where you bought it from. But people were trying to sell it for like 12 bucks, and I'm like, there's no way I could get way more than this. You scroll through the offers that are being sent. You have like the 12 and then you have someone that like 14 and then like 1420, 1419 and all that stuff. So I'm like, I could probably get more than that. So I just threw it up there for 16.99 and I was sold out the same day. So people were trying to sell for 12. I was on it for 16.99 and I was still getting my sales on it on the listing as well. And there was another example, I had a product that cost 12 bucks and people were on the listing and someone tanked the price to 1999. Um, and I was like, I don't want to do that. They were also an FBA seller as well. And I was on MF, Merchant Fulfilled. So therefore, the FBA person should get the buy box. But I was on it for 32 bucks. They were on it for $20 FBA. I was on it for 32 bucks MF. And I was still getting sales on that listing. It was another really, really low ranked. I think it was like 800 in toys. So that being said, I was like 12 bucks higher than that person. I was still getting sales. So while that person is tanking their listing and they're making a lot less money than you are, you obviously can't control what other people are doing, but you can control what you're doing. So if you see a product that is like super low rank, this works for like low rank products. If you have a product in the top 1% of the total uh, rank, like on the chart, you know, where it's 1%, it's in the top 1% of that category. Do not tank the price to the lowest possible offer. Put it up for higher. You'd never know. And then you could always bring it down if you need to. But you're still going to get sales on the listing if you're not the lowest possible uh, price. Just because there's so many sales on that listing happening in a day, 
that it'll rotate to your sale and you'll eventually get buy box and then you'll get sales. So I just kind of wanted to mention that for anyone new to selling on Amazon, especially this time of year, prices are going up. So you do not need to be tanking the listing for yourself um, and get your money and make as much as you can on a listing, especially, especially if it is a low rank product because there's such demand for the product, you can be charging way more. So another thing I want to talk about with Q4 that I did not prepare for at all, which I've been upset at myself for, but is supplies and shipping supplies and boxes and poly mailers and poly bags and everything. I ran out of that stuff so goddamn fast. I should have loaded up way quicker. I honestly is really dumb in hindsight. Hindsight's 2020, but load up on your supplies because you're especially if you want to be selling a lot, which obviously you do, and you're going to be selling a lot December. Uh, just because Christmas and everything, you're going to want to load up on supplies. Uh, I had to make multiple supply runs, and it was a big time waste, and I'm really upset about this, but like hindsight's 2020, uh, and I kind of want to help you guys. So definitely load up on your supplies. Um, I wish I did that, and I will obviously do that next year. So definitely load up on supplies. That is a big thing you don't want to miss out. You don't want to be going and having to go down to Staples and buy tape that costs six bucks uh, because that's just a waste of money. So load up on your supplies for Q4. Another thing I want to talk about, uh, Q4 stuff, Amazon FBA versus Amazon MF. Amazon actually sent me this email where it was, I think at the beginning of December, uh, the cutoff date for toy, or not toy, the cutoff date for Christmas sales. So to have your uh, merchandise checked in in order to be eligible for to get there by Christmas, uh, was December 3rd, I believe. So anything after that you sent in wouldn't technically in Amazon's eyes be available for Christmas sales. Uh, I got this email directly from Amazon. Um, so they said, wait to ship out your items um, until January, just so they can focus on getting their items actually sent out instead of processing new items, uh, which makes sense. Obviously, they want to focus on getting items out for Christmas instead of processing new ones for the next year. So that being said, I didn't really send, I only sent out two FBA shipments uh, this entire month and I'm going to send one in later this month uh, towards the end of the month. Uh, I'm going to send out another one, but I was listing all my stuff merchant fulfilled just so I can have it ready for Christmas instead of trying to hope Amazon gets it checked in and then people are buying it for Christmas. So that being said, a lot of listings that I so sold this month were for MF. So I was shipping out all myself just so I can be assured that it's going to get there in time for Christmas. So that's one thing I really, really focused on this December, especially uh, was listing MF instead of FBA. So everything up until December was FBA. Oh, like 99% of the stuff was FBA. And then in Q4, especially December, I mean, uh, was almost all merchant fulfilled. So here's a little stat for the last seven days on my account for FBA versus MF. So for seller fulfilled in the last seven days, I've shipped out 151 items and compared that to Amazon FBA is, a, uh, is only 86. So during like the middle of the year, uh, that uh, stat would be more like 151 in Amazon FBA and then two probably in seller fulfilled. So I've been really pushing uh, Seller Fulfilled 151 in the last seven days, and then FBA was only 86. So that's 
a lot of it's a huge difference for me so i almost never list merchant fulfilled uh i always almost do fba just because i like it better i don't like shipping single packaged items uh, a lot of the times i'd rather send everything off to amazon but for q4 especially december uh is like the main focus for me was i wanted to ha have my listings available for christmas so i was able to get people their items for christmas and they were able to be confident that they were going to get it for me for christmas with all that being said for q4 december especially you're going to want to stay on top of your shipping i've been shipping every single day uh just to be sure that people are going to get their items in time and it's better for you so you don't get overwhelmed when you have like your saturday sales mixed in with your sunday sales mixed in with your monday sales so saving that weekend and like not shipping out on the weekend just to ship out everything on Monday is going to be kind of overwhelming. So stay on top of your shipping, especially over the weekend is what I would say. Um, take the time to ship out on Saturday uh, and then package on Sunday if you because you obviously can't ship out the items on Sunday. But so it's all packaged and ready to go for Monday. So you can stay on top of your uh, shipping items each day. So that's just like a little tip I have for people to stay on top of their shipping. Really helped me out a lot. Uh, because I know if I waited a day, I would be really overwhelmed the next day, and it would basically just be spending my entire day shipping. For the next part of the podcast, I want to get into the articles I found. So the first one, I'm going to be talking about the new shipping rates for USPS come 2020. So the new postal uh, service announcement, uh, they increased their price. I believe they do it every year, and they did it again this year, obviously. So the ones I really want to focus on are the flat rate boxes, especially. Um, so the small flat rate box is now $7.90. They're going to be bumping that up to $8.30. The medium flat rate box is $14.35. They're going to be bumping that one up to $15.05. The large flat rate box, which I think is a pretty big jump, $19.95 to $21.10. Uh, $21.10 is a pretty uh, big amount of money to ship that. Uh, so definitely be cautious of that one. Um, and then the regular flat rate envelope they have at $7.35 now. It's only going to be jumping up to $7.75. The um, legal flat rate envelope, which is $7.65, is going to be jumped up to $8.05. And the padded flat rate envelope is $8 now. Going to be jumping up to $8.40. So be careful of that. If you see, if you use those, obviously, um, that is some pretty useful information to keep track of. I also found this article... Uh, the same thing applies with the shipping rates. Uh, this was from Pirate Ship directly sent this to me. So this is going to be for the first class packages. So the one to four ounce packages is going up about eight cents to be two dollars and ninety cents. The uh, five ounces to eight ounces is going up three cents to be three dollars and thirty eight cents. And the nine ounce to thirteen ounces is going up. Oh, no, 9 ounces to 12 ounces is going up 12 cents uh, to be $4.14. And then 13 ounces is going up 14 cents, as well as 14 ounces is going up 14 cents to be $5.32. And that also applies to 15 and 15.999. So that is an increase about 3% from 1 to 4 ounces, 1% from 5 to 8 ounces, 3% from 9 to 13 ounces as well as 3% from 14 to 16 ounces. So that's a, that's a really, really uh, big thing to look out for because most of the things, especially for me at least, uh, I ship out a lot of the stuff is first class. 
uh, with a lot of video game sales. So that's definitely something to look out for. First class package increases. I'll also link all this down below as well if you want to double check as well as just um, view it yourself so you have it to as a reference point for the future. The other article I found was a Business Insider article and it the title is eBay just made a big move to help it dominate the multi-billion dollar sneaker resale industry and it talks about how eBay is taking away fees for sneakers sold above 100 bucks. So I'm just going to kind of read some of the bullet points in the article. eBay is eliminating North American seller fees for any sneakers sold at $100 or more. And uh, this was announced on Tuesday, apparently. Um, so it also says the e-commerce company previously charged up to 10% for sellers. So that is definitely a big savings, especially for sneakers, because they can go for a lot of money. So 10% of that is a, a big chunk that they're letting go of. Uh, eBay also partnered with the sneaker release market Stadium Goods and would launch a series of sneakers drops this week. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And then it says, for our community of diehard sneaker heads, eliminating seller fees allows them to turn their kicks into more cash to fund future purchases and results in a more robust sneaker inventory for shoppers everywhere. Now, obviously, a big reason they're doing this is uh, to try and compete with uh, the sites like Goat and StockX that have been really pushing sneakers and obviously those are mainly uh, sneaker uh, reselling sites uh, that you can buy and sell sneakers with confidence and I think that confidence is still going to be a big factor for them and why I think they'll probably still control most of the market is because eBay has so many fakes that are out uh, people sell a lot of fakes on eBay there's so many of them on there and it's just flooded with fakes and with Goat and StockX, you have to send in your actual shoe or whatever you're selling to them to so they can double check and see if it's not fake. So they're controlling that uh, side of the market where there's going to be no counterfeits. being is So the buyer's going to have more confident buying shoes from that site rather than buying them from eBay and just from like a third-party seller on eBay. That being said, also something that you have to consider with this change is how prices are going to change because people are getting no fees on the on the listing so that probably will result in prices being decreased so i guess it's good for buyers they'll be able to pay less for shoes because the seller is going to be more likely to lower the price because they don't have to pay any ebay fees and this only applies to sneakers that are being sold for over a hundred dollars so definitely keep that in mind as well. So, and I'm also curious, is it going to be new and used? So that's something to be uh, curious about as well. In the article as well, it says that there was nearly $6 million worth of sneakers that were sold on eBay in 2019. So that's pretty crazy that they're, they're taking 10% of that, obviously, for the fees. But now they aren't. So they're losing out on a lot of money for not taking that 10%, which is... Pretty cool on their part that they want to make a push to try and have more people sell on their site. The article also mentioned that they estimate the sneaker resale market to be a $6 billion market by 2025. So they obviously definitely see a big um, push towards the sneaker market, how much it's growing and stuff like that. Um, so they want to get their part of it. Um, and I'm very happy about this change. Hopefully uh, as well, we see a different 
change in StockX fees and um, GOAT fees as well. So maybe they try and compete with them. Um, I don't know, maybe just make it the sneaker market a little bit more competitive in that sense. Uh, maybe less fees for the sellers as well, which would be nice. So we'll see what happens with the articles. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode, uh, episode number 46, Flipping It Reselling Podcast. Hope you enjoyed. My name is Tyler Williams, and keep on flipping.